0: Greetings, folks. Today we have the pleasure of sharing with you our 36th Costa Rica Pura Vida Lifestyle podcast series episode that deals with the daily life in Costa Rica and the so many questions that arise when thinking about moving here, when vacationing here, how one acquires their legal status, and so much more. You know, becoming a resident of Costa Rica, it is an involved process. More and more individuals and families are thinking about it now. And I know that 2022 is going to be a very good year for people changing their lives and moving to one of the happiest countries on the planet. Today and throughout the coming months, I'm going to be spending some time with Kevin McNamee, who's the representative for Costa Rica Immigration and Moving Experts. He and his team, they've helped hundreds of people in acquiring their legal status and everything that goes along with it for many years now. He's an expert, a professional, and a perfectionist when it comes to his business, and I'm so happy to have him here with us for a while. Kevin, in our first 35 episodes, we discussed a lot of things. We talked about your personal history, how long you've been here, and we've talked about your business, and we've also talked about everything from Christmas traditions to tamales to uh, toucans, and so... We're just about uh, spreading the gambit here, and I want to talk today about something that's uh, very exciting for you, because I've been over to your house many times, but first I'd like to say welcome for our 36th time.
1: Well, thank you for the invite, Mr. Mister Lake. I appreciate it, and I look forward to your uh, mysterious questions that you're going to be asking.
0: Well, Kevin, as you know, we get a lot of good response to every episode that you and I do. Uh, There's a lot of information packed in 5, 10, or 15 minutes. And I also ask for uh, new topics because I'm getting older and I run out of topics myself. So we had a nice young lady today ask about just personal cooking in costa rica going to the grocery store and i know i've been to your house so many times and i know you're an excellent chef and you've made so many bowls of soup and full dinners and gajo pinto for me but i want to first of all talk to you and talk to the people listening who have never been to costa rica before because a lot of people think that there's uh there's no electricity no running water and uh all the streets are, are dirt, and um, let's talk about the availability of uh, spices and vegetables and fruits and uh, and meats and everything that you need to cook a good meal. Uh, there's normal uh, grocery stores in Costa Rica, right, with imported food and everything else.
1: I was going to be sort of sarcastic and saying as I was walking down the dirt street uh, looking for uh the gas light, lamp lighter, et cetera, et cetera. But really, in in seriousness, there is so much, uh, so many surprises here for the person who has not done their homework. We do have electricity. We do have uh, 110, 220 power here, which is typical what we would have in North America and most of the world with the exception of Europe. Uh, they have a different system, but uh, we, there, in the last 30-some years that we've been here, there's, I can safely say now, there literally is nothing available anywhere in the world that we don't have access to or have it here already. So there, it is not being deprived of my favorite fill-in-the-blank. Uh, I want a spice for making curry chicken well surprisingly enough you'll find it here in costa rica you'll find that and and hundreds of things you're not even aware of that have become very germane to your cooking here because it just is conducive to cooking in this central america uh, we uh, eat a in a, an ornate amount of pork in this country and one of the magic seasoning for pork is most people know is cumin, and can you find cumin here? Yes, you can find it in abundance. So those things are readily available. Do we get all the, um, I, I'm thinking of a, a hot dog uh, chain, I think it's called Nates Nate, uh, in Nathans, the U- Nathans, okay. They they tried that here, and Costa Rican said, uh, nope, don't want it, we, uh, in fact, they insisted that the proprietor buy the local hot dogs because they didn't want to pay the price of the special uh, hot dogs from Nates or Nathan's. But uh, the fact is, it was here and it didn't make a, a success. So not everybody you know lives and eats by the golden rule of whatever country they come from. Some actually have to capitulate and start eating like the Costa Ricans do. Personally, I do not like, for example, I don't care for Costa Rican hot dogs because they are, as this old butcher story says, it's hard to make both ends meet because half, <laughs> I, I swear to God, the hot dogs are half filler and and therefore not meet on both ends. But uh, what we do in that case, we, we have a store here that's uh, price marked which is familiar with anywhere around the world, I believe. But we get the same food, stuff that you want or need as a person living in Duluth, Minnesota that has a price mark. It's more expensive, yes. More freight shipping get down here. uh, But, I mean, it's not cost prohibitive. And, and comparatively speaking, it's, it's, I would say, dollar for dollar, same prices back home wherever you come from.
0: And they have imported cheeses and all the uh, the wines and everything that one would get in the United States or Canada, correct? Uh, better selection of wines
1: than we would get because in Canada we do have a thriving, I'm a Canadian, incidentally, folks, uh, in Canada we do have a, a thriving wine com- uh, industry in the Okanagan Valley of the West Coast, and the Niagara Valley in, in the East Coast, and places in between. But here, with being a Spanish country, we get some excellent uh, deals on uh, pricing on Spanish wines, which are very highly regarded around the world. Of course, you need your down Perignon for New Year's Eve, yes take a mortgage on your first-born male child to buy a case of it, but uh, you're looking at probably about $140 a bottle here in in the store. So uh, times 12, uh, yeah, expensive. Do you need it? Eh, it depends on what your your income is and your mentality is, but is it absolutely necessary? No, there's ample, ample uh, alternative to the high-end stuff, high-end booze. But everything's available here. I, I, I do miss beef as I, we used to know it because a 24-ounce you know, porterhouse or T-bone was something we used to enjoy big time back in North America. You can look at the property, the prettiest steak in the world here, but don't eat it because uh, it's just they just don't prepare the beef the way that we are used to. They don't age it. And that's for a lot of reasons, but the fact is they don't do it, but the the pork is good, the chicken, tremendous amount of chicken uh, raised here in Costa Rica, and sold here, and shipped abroad, incidentally. Uh, But you'll find if your eating habits, your tastes gravitate slowly towards the fresh fruit, fresh vegetables, the fresh pretty well named, you can get fresh. We have year-round fresh strawberries, for example. Uh, the hotter the season, the higher up they grow on the mountains and the cooler it gets, down lower. But the tomato, the, the, the strawberries here taste like what we old folks used to think of as kids as a real taste of a strawberry. It's a, it's amazing. We uh, raise our own mushrooms here and how it were, I don't know, but they are local and they are delicious and they are every type that you could possibly imagine we raise we grow oysters here in Costa Rica and uh, that's a treat for a lot of people, myself included. In fact, that's our Christmas Eve tradition is oyster stew. My my wife, I I initiated her into that fifty years ago and she grins and bears Still to this day, Christmas Eve and eating oyster stew. But I noticed lately that it's a lot of stew and not so much oysters because just showing your two colors. But she, it just means more oysters for myself. But without being cute about it, you won't be lacking for very much here when it comes to food. But you will find yourself eating more and more and more food made and local or raised locally. When we go to the market, the farmers' market, for want of a better word, called ferreria here in Spanish, which means really basically a gift. But when you go there, the fruit that you're picking up by the kilo or by the whatever, or bags, and sometimes because they have prepackaged such, literally was on a tree the day before. The the carrots, the potatoes, the beets, the cauliflower, the lettuce, on and on and on. Literally was in the fields at two o'clock that morning. It's now sitting in front of you, in a market, all freshly watered and clean, and you know it, it's 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 mind-boggling. But people say, well, what do you do? Do you walk to the market? No, I got wise soon enough to realize that I can't carry ten thousand colonies worth of food back to the house. I had to have a cart or the car. So we just take our car there and. Fill it up and we'll go back, and if we need more, we we'll fill it up. But very, very seldom will we ever spend more than 10,000 colonies, which for, for the that's about 12, 13, 14 dollars US. But that's your mainstay fruit and vegetable for the week, and that's, that's amazing. T- we're yeah. talking about a family of two, but tomatoes, uh, mind boggling any size you walk from beefsteak to. The smaller ones, which we use for sandwiches, because the uh, beefsteaks just are a little bit too big for the slices of bread. They're, they're gigantic, they're, but they—they taste like what your memory serves when you were a kid. It's—it's—it's it's, it's the same taste because I don't think they have to grow them in order to, sh- like a tomato now grown in North America is not grown for taste; it's grown for durability, toughness. So it gets from the, from the field to the store and it ripens on its way and and it has no taste. They sacrifice the taste for durability so that you actually have a, a tomato-looking thing in, in front of you when you sit down to your table in Duluth, Minnesota. Ours is, uh, is grown because that's the best one for the area and that's the best tasting one for the area on and on. it's, uh, it's it's a joy. Yes, I do enjoy cooking, but I do enjoy eating, and we almost—I think we could almost qualify as vegetarians now because the meat is—it's uh, there. I mean, we 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 do buy pork chops and ground pork and, and hamburger, but very 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 little more than that. And chicken. Oh yeah, chicken. We, yeah. Chicken is uh, a mainstay here.
0: Thousand different ways to cook a chicken. Right. Now about nine or ten years ago, I know Walmart actually bought out a big store called Ypermas And also, since then, they've purchased a few other chains like Mas Por Menos and Pali, and there's a couple more as well. So, literally, you can get anything that is in the United States and Canada, you can get in Costa Rica now, but also with that said, I know from knowing you that you like to frequent the local stores for some of the meats. And, of course, you go to the downtown Sunday feria for the uh, farmer's market as well. So it's good to have a Walmart there. But uh, a lot of expats that I talk to, they still like to keep the money local, so to speak. And they have a, a favorite meat store that they get their teacher own right down the street from them if they live in a small town or a big town. And I'm sure you feel the same way.
1: Exactly, and at so many different levels, uh, we need the price marks or the um, wall marks and such because you want the 144 box of cornflakes, cornflakes, or uh, I guess you shouldn't mention cornflakes in catalogs. They're not that popular in the U.S. right now, but the troubles are going through with the strikes and such, but the, the foodstuffs and such, there are certain basics that you want, or, or, or the, the napkins and that sort of thing It's easy to get from the big box stores. But no, we'll support, we buy our eggs from the, a little, a little hole in the wall here, uh, Pinar's, it's what it's called here in Santa Ana, father and wife and three sons and two daughters. Pretty well run at 24/7 or 14 hours a day, seven days a week, whatever. But we would not buy a, an egg from even the local big stores, let alone the imported ones, because these eggs taste like the eggs I grew up on on the farm in Ontario, Canada. They actually taste like eggs. And I have talking to. The owner's son, who I've gotten to I go there quite often, so developed quite a uh, friendship or acquaintance, anyways. And I said to Ephraim, that's his name, Ephraim, just like Ephraim Ziblis Jr. If anybody remembers, 77 Sunset Strip. But uh, I said, you know, these eggs taste like I remember. He said because they are range chickens. They they eat around in the yards and such. And he said, I said, well, the man must have one hell of a big yard. He said he has created a yard for the chickens that is, it doesn't crowd them in. They it it must, it must entail a couple hectares or at least a hectare of, of land so that the chickens think they're, they're you know they're they're actually eating stuff off the ground and such, and not in a, a uh, sort of a concentrate mixed with water and shake and stir gently and and twist a line and eat chip and see it's uh, the, the eggs are literally the you crack an egg and it stands up in the, in the pan it's not it doesn't run to all sides of the pan uh, which is one of the most infuriating things that a person can come across because an egg is supposed to be able to cook slowly up sigh all the way up to being cooked to the degree you want and we have i mean those are small things but those are important things in the big overall structure of life too the uh, the two eggs of each or one egg for my wife and two eggs for myself or whatever uh, every morning it's something to look forward to with our bread we actually buy our bread from price Mart because they import it from from the u.s and it's it, i guess this one thing i haven't lost is my taste for either homemade bread or North American bread, and I'm too busy to make the bread anymore, so uh, I buy it from them, and it's relatively inexpensive and quite passable in tasting. A good, good bakery would do a very, very good business in Costa Rica if they ever came here and actually made bread not to Costa Rican standards or to the, to the Costa Rican taste buds. Yeah. They've gotten, gotten used to their bread, just like we got used to our bread at home, but now we have a chance to buy our, our North American bread down here and we take advantage of that. makes great toast and it great, makes a great uh, eggs, toast and sausage. Uh, sal- sal- sal-
0: sal- yeah, certainly. Hey, Kevin, speaking of bakeries, that was my last question before we get going here. Uh, there is an abundance of bakeries just about in every street corner of Costa Rica, every little town, every big town. and I know there's a lot of high-end uh, cafes as well, like Spoons, where they have uh, little gourmet treats and danishes and tarts and everything else. Talk a little bit about the um, the abundance of bakeries, and if you have a sweet tooth in Costa Rica, you think you died and went to heaven.
1: <laughs> Isn't that so true? Isn't that so true? The The tradition here, Costa Ricans love their sweets, they love to, to have their good coffee and they love being seen out, which means that financially they're worth, the wherewithal they can be out and their higher priced little treats a little uh, a brownie for example is like the epitome of uh, uh, enjoyment or look at me uh, attitude, although it's not blatant and it's not even intentional, that's the result of they do love their treats because uh, I don't know why, I don't know whether it's a Spanish thing or a Costa Rican thing, but the fact is it's important for them to be out and be seen and be seen enjoying themselves. Enjoyment often entails a coffee with a, a, whatever kind of coffee you want from, you describe it, it's like a, like a, what's that chain of uh, coffee shops back in the U.S. now? Uh, Starbucks? Starbucks, yeah. Uh, actually, we actually have a couple of Starbucks here. I refuse to pay $4.50 for a cup of coffee, so I'll stay with the local guy where it's still 80 cents or something like that, but uh, that's only because I enjoy their coffee more than I enjoy Starbucks. It's a big consider, consideration, but they, they have a lot of treats also, little tasties like pastries and such, and man, they, they can make pastries like you make in Knees not. That's that, that, that good. But they make the bread that the Costa Rican wants. They, I mean, they're not stupid. They, they're not going to buck the trend. If the Costa Ricans are their market, they're not going to make North American, North American breads. But I see lately in the last year, year and a half, more and more entrepreneurs coming in and making French bread or uh, hard dark white bread, which is something that... Uh, you know, after eating a, a loaf of hard rye bread, you you pine you pine away for it when you don't have, doesn't have it available. So everything is getting more and more available here, as uh, as the time goes on. Well, sure. Because we're very we're, seriously, it's a very very Spanish orientated but very cosmopolitan um, environment. It, it's uh, I mean, what was it last week we had? uh I was in the immigration portion of the business we were we had a, a chap that had 20 families from from i'm trying to think of where india moving to costa rica why because it appeals to them the weather's right the, the obviously these people are fairly higher up on the rung of the, of the social ladder and such because it cost to them nothing it was what they could do what could they bring what would we anticipate as, and uh, all the questions we checked off the boxes to the point where the guy was almost willing to, to hey, send a, I'll send you a down payment, so, no, not necessary. We'll, we'll still be here. Uh, we'll, we'll, you know, we'll come over and take a look and do it slowly, tranquility, uh, well, tranquil. we slow down, take, take care, enjoy the company, and then make your decision. It's kind sort of segueing into integration. I didn't mean that, but the fact is, that's another group of people coming over that will bring some of the traditions with them. which should catch on. We'll become very popular here.
0: Well, certainly, certainly. Well, Kevin, I had uh, three or four more questions, but I'll be honest with you. I'm getting a little hungry, so I'm going to cut it off right now. <laughs> and uh, it has been a pleasure. And we've posted Kevin's contact information and his website address and the program notes that are associated with this specific episode. And Uh, Like always, when you're ready to have all of your questions answered and all of your concerns addressed regarding residency or anything you want to know about Costa Rica, Kevin and his team are standing by to get started with your pathway to a new life in one of the happiest countries on the planet. Or again, if you just have a few concerns that you want to get addressed before you're even considering a move to Costa Rica, that's Kevin's forte. He wants to be a friend first and then a business partner secondly. And um, if you haven't already, be sure to listen to our first 35 conversations with Kevin regarding residency and everything else you wanted to know about Costa Rica. I'm going to post this link on the bottom of his webpage at CostaRicaImmigrationAndMovingExperts.com. That's CostaRicaImmigrationAndMovingExperts.com. And And if you like what you heard today, why not share our Q&A session with family and friends on social media, We love to share what we know about Costa Rica, and if anybody gets anything out of it, then uh, that's fantastic. Uh, We'd appreciate your help with getting the information out to all who care to listen. And finally, if you come up with any specific questions or topics that you'd like Kevin to cover, let us know. We get most of our questions from uh, listeners just like you. So please send your request to my email address at CostaRicaGoodNews at gmail.com. That's Costa Rica Good News at Gmail.com. Kevin, thanks again. I really appreciate it. And we'll see you soon for our next conversation together, talking about everything you need to know about acquiring your legal status here in Costa Rica and the daily life as well.
1: Oh, well, you're welcome very much, Skip. And I have to chuckle when you said you're getting hungry. My wife just walked by my desk here in the office and said, I'm making most of the, the words. I'm making a tomato sandwich, (laughs) so when I hang up, I guess I'll be uh, enjoying uh, one of my tomato sandwiches. So very, very, very uh, glad to have the invitation today, Skip, and uh, look forward to our next
0: conversation. Well, I'm only 15 minutes away by bus, so tell her to make two tomato sandwiches, and I'll be over. (laughs) Kevin, it's been a pleasure. Thank you so much, and we'll talk to you tomorrow. Take care.